Oh no! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Analytical Fanboys. I'm your host, the Vacuuminator, and I'm joined, as always, by my uh, my my partner in crime here, the hard-hitting Boingo Rider. Hi. Look at him. Ding. He's, he's so big and intimidating. He he's he's uh. I was trying to think of a way to pronounce Boingo Rider like the way Jericho pronounces Jake Hagar, but, uh, you know, it's late and my brain's not ready for that kind of shit. So let's just get into it. We're talking about a fucking YouTube series that uh, you put on the list. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, so a little bit ago, before Cultaholic was a thing... Uh, they were on What Culture, and one of the members, uh, Adam Bompier, Bompier, whatever, Adam, um, started a series where he basically went like, hey, WWE fucked up this thing. Here's how we wouldn't fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And also, basically, WWE is going to fuck up these things. Here's how we wouldn't fuck them up. Here's how they do it, should do it to not fuck up. Um, and it, it's an interesting series just because it, for lack of a better way of describing it, it toes the line of fan fiction. It, it is. Like, here's the thing about fantasy booking. It's fan fiction, but it's fan fiction in a digestible format. Like, I'll be honest, I can't... I I used to occasionally go on, like, uh, Archive of Our Own or fanfic.net or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, the big fan fiction websites. They, those are both fanfiction websites. But I just can't. I just can't be bothered anymore. It's too much reading for too too like stupid and whimsical of a thing. But I do honestly enjoy quite a bit the videos that go like, uh, "Hey, what if this thing that's universally agreed to be bad was good?" Kind of like this. Kind of like those. Uh, what if the Star Wars prequels were good videos that came out a few years back? And, uh, Movie uh, Bob also has a series like that, but he hasn't done one recently. I've not checked that out. I need to look into that. And uh, at the potential risk of tanking this podcast by the mention of his name, I really like Max Landis's Death of Superman pitch. I think that's an amazing video. Here's the thing. With any creator that kind of fucks up like that, I think it's okay to talk about their work as long as we realize the creator fucked up. Yeah. The creator... I repeat, fucked up. And on that note, we need to talk about the Adam character because um, he's right, a smartass. Oh, he is a smartass. But also, in the transition between what culture and cultaholic, it came out that he basically misused a lot of his position at what culture to basically solicit nude photos from fans. And he was called out on that, and he went like, "Yep, nope, uh." I fucked up. This is fucking up. Uh, and he basically dropped off the internet and went to a therapist. Basically, he came back a good month or two later and said, all right, so here's the situation. I fucked up. This is not a good situation to be in. Uh, this is not good. I'm going to a therapist to try and fix this. I am going to stay off the internet for a long while because I don't trust myself here anymore. I don't feel like I, be- I, don't feel like I betrayed your trust to do that. So this is just me telling you what I'm doing. And then a couple months later, he went like, hey, I'm doing better. I feel a lot better. Uh, I recognize a lot of my faults. 
still probably not going to make videos. And he still hasn't to this day, but he pops up on Twitter every once in a while. So he's a guy who made a mistake, recognized it, and has taken the many steps to try and rectify that. Shit, I had no idea. Yeah, I just thought, mention that real quick at the beginning, because for what we're talking about, it's not important, but for the context of greater world knowledge, it's, it's a thing I would like you to know. Okay, and like, th that's fine. Uh, honestly, I have put things on the list that are still on the list by creators of that sort of nature, and I've always planned, like, when we get to those things, I'll just put a blurb at the start of the episode going, like, Analytical Fanboys is discussing this purely on the merits of the media itself. We are not discussing the creator and what they may or may not have done, and we are not... Uh, um, condoning what the creator may or may not have done. We do not care what the creator may or may not have done. We're just here to talk about the media that they created as its own yeah. thing. Yeah, and I just want to mention, like, to me, as a person who watched his content, I go like, okay, cool. No, I forgive him for what he did. It's fucked up, and it's not my place to forgive him because I wasn't one of the people who was hurt by it. But yeah. I basically say as like, no, you are a guy who recognized your faults, recognize how you made mistakes, recognize what you did wrong, have apologized for it directly, and have made the steps to fix yourself. Hmm. He's good in my book. Okay. It's also just interesting that you've told me that, because that, that, that puts his whole um, watch all my videos, subscribe to me, love, love me, send me presents gimmick kind of in a different light. Yeah, because repeatedly, whenever basically by the near the end of these videos, he has his own WWE cinematic universe inside of his head. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting how he just kind of like takes some of like the most well known but also most infamously bad storylines and makes them good, and by proxy makes you go like. Man, wrestling is good. I do like wrestling. And then you snap back to reality for a day after finishing it and go like, oh shit, that's right. That didn't all go down that way. Wrestling is yeah. bad. No, no, no. WWE is bad. WWE. All hail our elite overlords. There, now I've tanked the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, by the way, Cody, just send us a check in the mail. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, we'll do anything for you. I, I, I love <laughs> you. There, I did it on the podcast. Is everyone happy now? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. So much wrestling tonight, because after this, we have to record MMWP, too. So Yeah, that's just that's just the schedule now, is we just do MMWP after this. And we also, like, teasingly talk about wrestling in between the recordings. So, Yeah, but because we want to talk about it in the podcast, we try not to talk about it too much. Mm -hmm. It's mostly we like, hey, that thing. That thing? Yeah, that thing. Oh, yeah, that, that, that. There was quite a number of that things this week. Uh, listen to MMWP. All right, en enough ad. Let's let's fucking talk about some of the shit he does in this. So, uh, do you have any favorite episodes that he did? I mean, obviously, Summer Punk was great. Uh, I like, uh, like really. 
the the first few episodes were all great. I like I liked NWO, um, how how he would have booked the invasion, the Nexus. Uh, um, I'm just looking for the playlist now. Uh, uh, I'm a really big fan of how he would have done Broken Matt Hardy. That was super interesting because it's interest. It's it's crazy to see how close he gets, and also just like how much weird shit he comes up with. That I'm like, yeah, that would have been great, but also I don't see Vince McMahon ever going for it. Yeah, but it's very much like how he would have done it. Uh huh. Uh, which I like, and also like how with that whole setup, he also said, "Don't bring back the old memes. Make new ones." Yeah. Which was a great little concept and all that kind of stuff. But like there's a lot of good shit. Good shit. It's such good shit. Good shit. Uh also like Austin being hit by the car, the way he rewrote it was just like ah, chef kiss. Mm. Uh fucking the Zack Ryder video really threw me for a loop because the thing is I only know Zack Ryder as the podcast YouTube boy. So and the toy boy. Yeah, well, YouTube and him being a toy boy kind of go yeah. hand in hand. Um, so hearing, like, that he used to be so fucking over that his gimmick would cause deafening chance what made me do a double take. I was like, I have to fucking fact check this. Hold on, I'm going to do a YouTube search, sir. <laughs> and that's true. Zack Zach Ryder was fucking over. Mm-hmm. By all it, rights, Zack Ryder should have been the face of the company at one point, and he just didn't. He just didn't. Yeah. Shame that Vince McMahon didn't like him. Mm-hmm. I think uh, one of my favorites was just how well that this series is... Okay, you can write really well, but also a lot of this is just pure hindsight. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon's a legitimate son. Oh my god, that was great. Because if you don't know, the original story is uh, Vince McMahon is uh, told, hey, by the way, you have a bastard son, and he works at the WWE. And so they spend a couple weeks trying to figure out who it is, and turns out it's the mythical leprechaun that just kind of works there. Yeah, that's the whole storyline. That's the that's And then the Vince dies in a limo explosion. Yeah, no, that's at the beginning. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was at the beginning. You but can tell the, uh, I wasn't exactly I wasn't actually watching WWE at that point. Uh it was at the beginning and he died, but they had to undie him because uh, uh of a guy named Chris Benoit, which that's the last we'll mention of him. I've never seen that segment, so and nobody fucking tell me. I've just always wondered how he actually undies. Like I've gotta know, is there some mystical revival? Or does he just come out on stage like, yep, I'm not dead. Nobody, yeah, don't, fucking, don't fucking tell me. <laughs> I love not knowing. I love fucking having the idea in my head that maybe the Undertaker and Kane just resurrected him during the opening of Raw one week. And then they did a really somber, a dude died segment. Because I, I think that's hilarious. But um, basically in the original Hornswoggle, so he rewrote wrote it as like, oh, we can make it a whole anti-authority thing. Who could go up against it? Who would this really create dynamic? And he says, oh, yeah. See, McMahon, 
punk. And some of the shit he comes up with as just like ideas for segments out of that is legitimately some of the funniest fantasy booking I've heard in a long time. Like that boardroom scene he described, I had to pause the video. I was laughing so hard at the image he painted. Like I can just totally see that happen and it pans to CM Punk and he just has a toy of the thing going like doot, 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 doot. <laughs> um, also... The thing he did for if they ever bring Sister Abigail into the WWE, obviously that's that's probably never going to happen now. But if they made Sister Abigail a character, that was really cool. Like, I'm generally not a big fan of Alexa Bliss. Like, I don't dislike her. She just doesn't do much for me as a character. Um, But the idea of her coming in and taking control of the Wyatt family in that way was kind of badass. But it also, like, it really plays with her character because the whole point is she's not really Sister Abigail. She's just pretending to be the kind of trick Bray to do her bidding. So she's just tricking him. So she's not really Sister Abigail. So there's no Sister Abigail. It's all in Bray's head. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I wasn't super into it just because, again, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have a huge connection to that New Japan history. But I found the fact that he did a whole video on how WWE could have done the Balor Club as a stable really cool. Just because, um, for those of you who do not who do not remember, and I'm pretty sure Chris might not even remember, the first episode of this podcast was us discussing WrestleMania. I think 33. It was maybe it was 34. Yep. Before we lost our smiles. Yep, we right after we had watched it live together, and during the Finn Balor match during that show, one of the things I said to you is, I think Finn Balor's cool, but I want him to have an actual stable. I think it's weird that they just say Balor Club is his fans. And you were like, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, and that's kind of what they implied. But now... He's the real rock and roller again, so maybe we can get Balor Club up and running, eh? Uh-huh. That would be hilarious if Balor Club and the OC were happening at the same time. It's like it's it's like uh fucking Dr. Pepper and Diet Cherry Dr. Pepper. One's obviously the better option, one is the one that most people pick. Wow, fucking laying opinions. Yep. I like Mr. Pibb. Mr. Pibb's pretty good. I like Mr. Pibb. You you ever try R.C. Cole? (laughs) Yeah? R.C. Cole is fucking dope, isn't it? What the fuck are we... Have you ever had Cheerwine? You're in the Carolinas now. I tried Cheerwine for the first time about two months ago, and it was pretty okay. You take that back, it's the best. I don't think, it's not something that would be like a go-to for me, but if it's available, and I'm not super up for anything else, it, it'd probably be like, yeah, let's let's do some cheer wine. But, um, like Ortiz says, it's the best. The best. The best. The best. The best. And don't forget, he's a genius. He's a lying genius! God damn it. Okay, let's save Ortiz for MMWP because goddamn, we can go talk about him for an hour. But- uh, so to switch gears real quick, I just want to say um, 
Adam, I know you're probably not listening to this. Yeah. But I know I don't know you that well as a person. I only know you through these videos. But screw you for not liking our truth. Our truth is hilarious. Oh yeah, no, that I like a lot of what he says about booking, but there are some opinions that go like, uh, our truth yeah. is one of them. It's like every video for the last five videos of the playlist you gave me, he just goes out of his way to bash our truth and I'm like, what? Why? His whole gimmick is just that he's stupid. Yeah, and you can get a lot of mileage out of that, and R-Truth does, and nine times out of ten, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. It's his ideas and it's his, how he presented it, and it's very much, I don't like R-Truth, so, I mean, he quoting him, that's what he would say, kind of thing. Yeah. But and also, it's, it's just really kind of funny to go back in time to where he's going, like, yeah, this is how things are currently. Stardust. Oh. Shit, fuck. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. You know. And fucking... Like, booking the brand split back when that was new, quote-unquote. They, they, it was the second time they did it. Yeah. And his idea is so much better. Yeah. It, it makes a lot more sense to split divisions, give each show like something special and unique to make it must-see TV. Also, I do like how when he clearly likes a wrestler's gimmick, but he knows it's silly and stupid, he'll go out of his way to make fun of it, but in a way that makes him look like the dumbass. Like when he tries to do Seamus's accent in one video, that was hilarious. Or trying to do, uh, just the repeat, like in the Nexus video where he just went off on Bar- Bar- uh, Wade Barrett's accent. Yeah. Wade Barrett. You never pointed me, did you, mate? Let's have a fight. <laughs> that's a that's a weird, like a fucking a British dude trying to do other Britishy people's accents. It's the best. It's I say Britishy because Seamus is Irish, but European motherfuckers. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of just neat little things that you can definitely see, like. It's definitely in the WWE storytelling style, but he's just trying to make it make sense. Yeah. Um, it's just such, like, little great ideas that really improve things so much. Like, uh, when he said, when he did rebooking the Divas ev- uh, Revolution, mm-hmm. I'm so used to saying Evolution now, um, fucking, he, he said, like, well, a simple way to fix it would be is just do one call-up at a time, rather than, here's the four horsewomen, look, we have women now. Actual women. We, we had women before, but here, here's, here's, here's some real women. Here's some wrestling women, not model gonna, women. They're gonna fight. Yay! And, yeah. like, I, I, know stu- I know stuff about all these storylines, but I never, like, witnessed them. So hearing him descri- describe them without going over, like, beat for beat, like, wrestling with regret. And I love wrestling with regret, but when he does it, he tends to do it in, like, just a very, like, yeah, here's my thoughts. He, like, Adam will actually stop and go, and here's why this was stupid. And he'll give you the feeling of, like, this is why this was frustrating, rather than just doing goofy gags. 
Like um, an example of that is when he was rebooking the higher power. Yeah. Because basically he started a whole thing is like, oh yeah, the, the Undertaker is seeking orders from a higher power person. And it'd be really stupid if it was Vince McMahon because everything they're doing is targeting Vince McMahon. It'd be really stupid if it was Vince McMahon. Yeah, and see, I only know that angle for It Was Me, Austin, being a hilarious YouTube clip. And honestly, in retrospect, it, it it's a beautiful clip. It's a great fucking moment. It's one of my favorite moments of all time because I know it from out of context. It's me, Austin. Oh, God oh son of a bitch. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. But like you can understand like in storyline, it does not make any total sense. Mm hmm. Like I've seen the whole the whole segment, so I I even have the feeling that it doesn't make sense going into that video. But then having him just go over like, yeah, this is why this is completely stupid. And also again, just go, going back to the Divas Revolution video when he talked about like I didn't realize Naomi was on the roster back then, and like she's a legit wrestle person, so it was like. Oh, they called up the poor horsewoman and were like, here's the real wrestle people when fucking Naomi was there? That's yep. weird. Yep, yep, yep. And I also liked how he just pointed out, we shouldn't call it the Divas Revolution. It's a women's revolution, and don't brand it as such. Yeah. Just let it happen. It's, uh, you do, you do a thing, and you don't make it a thing you just let it stop trying to make fetch happens is basically his point yeah and he also makes a lot of great points of like oh it's yeah sure have rick flair have be with charlotte flair but have that be an influence on her character of her start cheating mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing and that's like oh yeah that makes sense like we all love rick flair now because he's he's a goofy old grandpa but there's there's a reason he was called the dirtiest player in the game. Like, that's mm -hmm. not just a gimmick. That dude did some fucky shit back in the day. Yep. Um, also, uh, like, there's a, there's a mini storyline through all of these videos of him just dealing with the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. breakup Seth Hill turn thing, culminating in his WrestleMania predictions video where he's like, or, or no, the Rumble video where he's like, fucking, uh, Seth should be part of the Rumble, but before he gets to the ring, Trips should just knock him out with a sledgehammer, toss him into the ring, and say, thousand dollar bonus to, or, or like, whatever it was, dollar bonus to whoever eliminates him. Like, I was, that's, that's, that's a good idea. That's a, I want to see them do that at some point. Even even if it's not with Seth, like I feel like you could still do that with a McMahon and someone. And there's a couple ideas where I kind of like understand his logic behind it, but it's like if you th there's a way to think about it more and get a better idea and cooler idea. Like whenever he wants to retire or like break the streak of the Undertaker, it's always John Cena mm -hmm. because he's the big name, and it makes sense to have a big name go up against a big name, but like. Big match, John. Yeah. And, like, if it was the the heel turn, which is basically have John Cena break the streak by cheating and then turn heel, like, that makes sense. I love that. Yeah. But the retirement, I feel like 
And this was also back during the big Roman Reigns push. So every chance he has, he says, and this is when Roman Reigns should turn heel. Yep. <laughs> like, it's a very much a, a sign, a, like, a snapshot of wrestling fandom at the time these videos were being made. Yeah. Because it's super referential to the Attitude Era, but understanding that it's a little fucked up, all that kind of stuff, all that other jazz. Like, the Invasion two-parter is great. Also because Wrestling with Gret, Brian Zane is in it. Yeah. Oh, fucking... I... I love that he did the whole mirroring of, like, what's-his-name, the WCW guy saying, did you think I was just going to go away? And then when Vince comes back, he says that, too. And he didn't call attention to it. He just said it both times. It's like, oh! Yeah. And, like, here's the thing. Because of these booking videos, you can tell why some people were excited when this group of people started a wrestling promotion. Yeah. Which is what they did. Sadly, that promotion has gone belly up now, but for a while it was a pretty popular independent independent promotion online. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. So overall, because I think we're kind of not scraping the bottom of the barrel, but... Well, there's just not a whole lot of meat here to talk about except for just like, he brought up this idea, and I thought that was neat. He brought up this idea, and I thought that was neat. But that's just Part kind of, of me, the nature of these videos. So we can go on a little bit of a side tangent just about these videos. Part of me would like to do like something similar to this. I don't, I don't feel like I'm totally comfortable in my storytelling chops to completely do it. But like, I find this as an exciting like experiment in storytelling of like I want to try doing something like that. Okay, so I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up during the podcast, but literally I have been meaning to do a What If Power Rangers Megaforce video was good for years. <laughs> like, I originally planned it to be the last two parts of Megaforce Sucks. Was Megaforce Sucks was going to be the ten parts that it is now, but then there was going to be a part 11 and a part 12, or a part 10 B and C, that would be what if Megaforce was good seasons one and two as their own separate videos. And not going to lie, this, this kind of rekindled the fire in me of wanting to do that, even though I'm kind of past media analysis now. I, I still think I could, I could do that and make something kind of entertaining and fun to watch. Oh, definitely. Um, there's no, I'm not there's saying no it's going to happen anytime soon. I'm just saying I do still have an interest in doing it. But, like, it does, I, I am, there's an interest in me to do this. And I don't know if I would ever do it, but, like, I just like the concept of how it's presented and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, since I threw one out there, what, what is something you think you, you have the know-how to do with this this? Not this format, but just this present, this premise of I'm do I'm redoing an infamously or notably bad thing, and I'm making it good because I I'm a fan of it and I know what's best for it. How to do the third Hellboy movie? Ooh, that could be hmm, yes. 
Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of meat there. There's a lot of meat to do it. Yeah. And I mean, like, you probably know hella more about the comics than, no pun intended, you probably know hella more about the comics than I do, so you can, you can fucking pull from shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, I can just see it now, because of the end of Hellboy 2. Like, I can see a place for Lobster Johnson. Ooh. All that jazz? Yeah. I've not seen the second Hellboy yet. It, does does BPRID the do do the supernatural cops ever get brought up? Yeah, the the they're a main presence in the movies. Okay. BPRD. I've also, I've, I've also only seen the first movie once, and it was about a year ago now. The Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Ah. Hellboy's uh, one of those things where I think if I got into it, I would really be into it. I just haven't had the time yet. That's fine. We could always put Seeds of Destruction on the fucking list. Oh. That that could be like... You know what? If If you're up for it, go ahead and fucking do that. Because I think it would be fun to go through just... Because... It's the same writer-artist for pretty much all of Hellboy at this point, so it would be fun to just, like, slowly go through Hellboy on this podcast for as long as it exists. Yeah. So let's see. I'm trying to put it in between two of your suggestions. We have gone through a lot of yours, so there's a lot of me repeating. I mean, we've already... Yeah, we, 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 we were pretty much exhausted talking about this subject. We like the videos. They're neat. If you're a wrestling fan and you haven't seen them, you should check them out. Um, just search how WWE should have booked, and they'll probably come up on the YouTubes. So what, uh, I'm, I'm just stalling right now, and once Chris has that put in, I will, uh, I will select what our next topic is. Uh, you can probably see me typing, can't you? I can. Bitchin'. All right, I'm done. Uh, excellent. All right, selecting the shit. And our topic for... Why is all this in the thing? Hang on. <laughs> all right. Our topic for the next episode of Analytical Fanboy shall be... Redline. That's a that's a that's a animu movie, isn't it? That's an ana- that's a fucking anime movie. Is that a that's that's the one with the race cars, correct? Technically, yes. They're not cars; they're like spaceships. Ah, is there is there a dub available? Yes. Excelente. I will watch it tomorrow night while I'm editing the podcast. Then features the pompadour uh, dude with the pompadour. Ah, so it's it's god tier anime then. Yeah. Yeah. You put a dude with a pompadour in a show, you know it's gonna be good. Masked Rider, <laughs> such good shit. Dude, Kamarada Forze, such good shit. Mm-hmm. Jojo Part 4, such good shit. Fucking, um... Space Dandy? Space Dandy is the goodest shit. Ugh. Alright. We need to finish Space Dandy. That's Continue happen. your pleasantries of proceeding with the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I think what we're going to do 
for the foreseeable future because uh, I don't know if I mentioned it last week on the podcast, but I have started a new job. I'm now working, I think, 10 hours a day, seven days a week. So I don't have a lot of time in the evening, free time to just watch whatever. Like, it's, it's, I, I watch the wrestles of the week and I work on the podcast and my own videos and I squeeze in whatever else where I can. So instead of doing the back and forward, listen, watch, blah, 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 because we, we have tons of shit in each category, because I've noticed Chris has been waning in some categories, too, the last couple weeks, I think we're going to make it a little more casual, and we're just each going to run down our lists. Uh, if, if we feel like we have to say something about this to the other, we can stop and go, like, uh, this this thing is good for this reason. You should check it out if you have not. Um, and if the other person is like, "Ooh, tell me about that," we'll we'll do that. But for the most part, Chris, just tell me everything you did this week. Just go down your list and have have fun. All right, cool. Well, first things first. I listened to a good number of uh, Donnie Benet songs. Who the fuck is Donnie Benet? Okay, here's the best way to describe it. Okay, you know all those synth-pop bands you like that are kind of contemporary and not really cheesy, but are just really good? Uh-huh. See, here's the thing. They exiled all the cheese from their synths into one man named Donnie Bennett. Donnie Bennett. Um, so, so I need to find this man. Like, here's the best way to put it. He makes the most sensual fuck music you will ever listen to. Oh my god. Hold on. Here is... Oh, I just searched him. This dude has the best fucking look. Oh, here's the song you just need to listen to real quick, which is one of my personal favorites. It's his song called Konichiwa. It is an ultimate fucking 1980s bedroom jam released in the 2010s. It is solid. He's great. He's wonderful. He looks like a porn star. Not like a handsome porn star, but like that kind of porn star. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he looks like the dude who's famous as like the most, the best porn star of all time. I don't know the guy's name off the top of my head, but you, he's 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 like the, the ugly frog looking motherfucker who's in all the porn ads. You know yeah. who I'm talking about. You know, listener. You've been on Pornhub, you know. But yeah, uh, he's great. Uh, I listened to Second Dinner, Konichiwa, Online Love, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I listened to some Oingo Boingo. I listened to Scottu Network's cover of uh, Never Meant, a <laughs> classic uh, mid, uh, Midwest emo song. And of course, a ton of clipping. Uh, I actually read a good number of comic books this week. Oh, I boy. read I read the new Ghost Rider number one and number two. I didn't know there was a new Ghost Rider series. Yeah, so Johnny Blaze is the king of hell, and he's trying to keep control of it. Oh, he, yeah, I remember reading something that was setting up for that a while back. Danny Ketch is on the surface just, like, trying to deal with his Ghost Rider spirit. Like, it's there, and he basically goes, like, we have a deal, like, if he sends us a thing, he'll go do, we'll do the thing, but, like, 
any other time it's me. Um, and like, there's now Lilith trying to take over Hell. There's all these different factions forming, and like, it's really interesting. I read episode, uh, read issue twenty six of Immortal Hulk. Bruce Banner is now a terrorist, and it's great. Cool. Yeah, Amadeus Chow shows up and goes like, "Hey, uh, I get it, but like, are you sure, dude? Yeah, I'm sure. All right, cool." I thought you were going to be like, Amadeus Cho shows up and is like, hey, I still exist, and he gets punched into oblivion. Uh, no, he's still think, green. He's still green, that, though. I think that's what some fans really want. From what I hear, there's some fans who just hate Amadeus Cho, and there's fans who are like, no, he's cool. He's cool. I like him. Uh, and I've read issues 1 through 16 of the current Fantastic Four run. Ooh, I read, I, I want to say I read the first six of it. So, t- so tell me how you're feeling on that, because I thought it was, I thought it was good, but not good enough that I needed to read it week to week. Like, here's the thing: I can understand why some people wouldn't want to read it because it's like very classic, old school style Fantastic Four adventures, mm-hmm. and like cool family dynamics. Like, there's an adorable part where basically Ben Grimm asks Alicia to finally marry him. Yes, that's adorable. So all, while they're planning for the wedding, uh, Reed is up in his lab just futzing with this machine, and whenever he and he's the best man, and whenever anything happens that needs the best man, he goes, "Hey, someone else, can you take care of it?" And he goes, "Like, oh, Reed's being my like Reed's being a Reed, and he's lost in a thing, and it and it's hurting his family life, kind of thing." You think it's that? Yep. Then it gets to the wedding, and then Doctor Doom does some dumb bullshit before they can finish the wedding. And then Reed Richards goes, "Not today, fucker!" Pulls out the machine, presses the button, time stops for five minutes in the immediate vicinity, and he looks to the rabbi and goes, "Can you finish the wedding for them?" He spent the entire wedding preparation to make sure Ben Grimm could finally finish his happy day. It's fucking Kino, man. That's the best. Mm. And, like, there's a lot of cool moments, like, when Ben Grimm tells Johnny that, hey, I asked Alicia to marry me, and he's like, oh, fuck yeah, congratulations, finally! Um, And because it's at the very beginning when uh, the Fantastic Four are off in the multiverse, and this is, like, very early on, but it may have been a while since you've read it, um, Ben Grimm goes, like, hey, I'm you're the closest thing I have to family right now. I'd like you to be my best man. And Johnny Storm goes like, nope. nope, nope he nope. is fucking insulted. Yeah, there's only one person who gets to be the best man of Ben Grimm, and it's Richard, Reed fucking Richards. And Ben Grimm goes like, Reed's not here. I'm pretty sure Reed's dead, dude. Yeah, he's not, and they and they solve it, and it's not like a big fucked up issue. It's just more of like... Johnny is very much kind of just wanting things to go back to the way they were, and thankfully they do, but it's this is kind of a neat moment of Ben Grimm being the, the emotional center and Johnny being the hothead, and he goes like, it's okay to move on, it's okay to, it's okay to, it's okay. And it was just really kind of nice, neat moment. Uh, right. The only thing I'm not a big fan of this run is they basically reverted Doctor Doom to classic Doctor Doom. I was Doom. about to ask about that because I know you're a big Infamous Iron Man guy. I loved Infamous Iron Man. I thought it was really cool. And I... 
here's the thing. Like, they're almost where I want Doom to be, where he's basically a hero for Latveria, and I'm fine with that. I just wish they made it a little bit more fucking overt. Like, just... I was fine with it reading that first issue, because I was like, I fully expected you to do this, because you're making such a big deal out of Fantastic Four's back. How are you not going to make Doom a big villain again? But also... It's probably pissing a lot of people off because character progression is a thing that people care about, but you really shouldn't get too attached to in comics. Yeah, no. I just, like, here's the thing. I'm fine with Doctor Doom being back into a villain. That's not a problem for me. It's just, it's the same Doctor Doom as a villain. Mm-hmm. I just wish there was a new wrinkle or two, you know? Yeah. This be a little bit different. I've also caught up on Scoob and Shag. Scoob and Shag? Okay, uh, fuck. Fuck, you're putting me on the goddamn spot trying to just fucking describe this bullshit. Is this like a Scooby-Doo fan comic? Yes. But no. But also yes. Um, Is this some fucking lasagna cat shit? Uh, that by way of anime? Oh, good lord. Okay, here's the best way to describe it. It's a webcomic starring Scoob and Shag... They go on an adventure to find a sandwich or something, whatever, and they get lost in the forest. They run into Kermit the Frog. And then they run into a bunch of other shit, and it turns out that they're they're not from Earth. They're from another planet called Toon, spelled T-O-O-N-E, um, where every cartoon character in existence ever is actually a citizen of this planet. And uh, the reason we have cartoons is they sent uh, the information to Earth as a peacekeeping measure, as like a, hey, this is how we can get to know each other. But they realized that once Earthlings watched them, they acquired a power called Ballyhoo. So all these classic cartoon characters also have fucking JoJo powers. So it's Roger Rabbit, Ro- Roger Rabbit taken to the next level. Oh, extremely. Like, there's a fucked up moment where Mickey Mouse, who is the Supreme General of the Army... Because of course he is. uh, ...basically tells Patrick Starr, who has the ability to time travel... (laughs) ...to remember this date and come back to it. So, five seconds later, a Patrick from the future, war-torn, bloodied-eyed, one-arm... Comes back and goes like, yeah, shit got fucked up. And Mickey goes like, I thank you for your service. Pulls out a gun, shoots him in the head. And the other Patrick, who he just fucking talked to, is standing there. A tear streams down his face. Jesus. (laughs) Yogi Bear trains Shaggy to use his power, but he can't activate it. Scoob is one of the Supreme Commanders right alongside Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny is slowly going insane. Okay. Like, it, it's it's weird. Oh, yeah, Velma Dinkley has the, uh, the ability to erase people's memory, and when she and the Scooby gang crash-landed on Earth because of a giant war on their home planet, she erased all their memories so they could finally live in peace. Damn. So that's a thing. That's some um, Scooby apocalypse shit. Oh, you have... Shaggy's a clone. That's not the real Shaggy. 
Scooby lost his original Shaggy and couldn't deal with it, so he commissioned the clone of Shaggy, and there's several of them, and one of the clones went like, I want to survive, teamed up with Mickey Mouse, came to Earth forever ago, fell in love, she died, he became homeless, he started dressing up like Mickey Mouse, he ran into our Scoob and Shag, and now he's starting to fuck shit up. Popeye and Yosemite Sam have like an anime rivalry. It's 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 weird. It's fan comics are fucking insane, man. It's good though. It's actually genuinely good and hype. I'll trust you on that. Um and because I, I think we may have mentioned it in the podcast once or twice. My computer is old as fuck. Yeah. It is a 2011 MacBook uh, and cannot update to the current OS with, even at the time, not the greatest specs. So it's struggling. So I've been basically living vicariously of having a nicer computer through Lioness Tech Tips. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been watching a lot of his videos and it's just, they're really good. They're really solid content. Yeah. He's a good Canadian dude. And I've uh, been watching Pro Jared's Final Fantasy uh, VOD. Uh, I'm on part six. I um, can't wait for the next part. And of course, the Gundam game and The World Ends With You I've been playing. The World Ends With You. That's uh, You were talking about that last week. That's a JRPG, right? Yep, yep, yep. It's okay. an action JRPG, so it's not like turn-based. So you go into a battle scene, which also, by the way, one of the best things about The World Ends With You is not random battles. You know how in Final Fantasy or in Pokemon you walk through a tile and just randomly a battle appear? Yeah. In The World Ends With You, you have to activate a certain screen and then click the monster you want to fight. And then you go into the battle screen. That's fucking dope. Especially because there's actually a mechanic related to that where you can chain multiple monsters so you have five battles in a row but you can't replenish your health you can't do anything like that in that span so you have a gauntlet that of your own choice and you can on the fly change your difficulty setting so if you want to rack up your experience points like that you can lower to you can make the experience points higher you can make the difficulty higher lower your hit points and chain like five monsters in a row to fight hmm. and it's really cool because it really lets you the player have the power of your own of the system nice yep so i know you've been busy have you has work been good have you been doing good there Oh uh, yeah, it's 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 a pretty good time. I don't want to go into it too much. That's uh, why I because... just went general. Are you doing good? Are you healthy? Are you happy? Uh yeah. I mean, it's a really challenging job. It's something completely different than the kind of shit I'm used to. But I'm enjoying the challenge. I'm kind of I'm relishing it and rising to it, to use popular terms. Uh, and it's it's making me feel like I'm I'm accomplishing shit more than I have. In quite a while, like I'll get home and I'll be like exhausted and ready to go to bed within two hours. But I actually really like that because I feel like I did a ton of shit that day. You know, I'd be yeah. just going 
I, I've worked retail and food service pretty much my entire time in the workforce. Um, and it got to the point in the last couple months of my previous job where I get home and I just be mentally exhausted. Um, and physically I was like, oh, I can stay up and just watch whatever until I'm ready to go to bed. But mentally I was just like, fuck everything. Now it's more like just, no, I, I, I feel like I could do whatever right now, but my body is kind of going like, we should probably lie down. Like that, that would be a nice thing to do right now. Can we do that? Okay. I'm going to lie down and read a comic. Halfway through reading the comic, I fall asleep. Yeah. But hey, as long as you're happy, as long as you're healthy, that's good. Yeah. But as far as um, actual like content and shit goes... Uh, Hashtag I, content. Yeah. I listened to uh, Frontiers, the Journey album, because I bought a physical copy of it a while back, and I hadn't gotten around to listening to the tracks on it I hadn't heard. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's the album Faithfully and uh, Separate Ways comes from. I bought it because Separate Ways is my favorite uh, Journey song. No new favorite replaces it um, from this album, but there are quite a few good ones. Like, I really enjoyed Ask the Lonely and Rubicon. Those are good. Uh, if you haven't heard them before, check them out. Um, also, just been listening to... Uh, Quite a, quite a, quite a, quite a bit of shit on my way to and from work. Nothing in particular stands out because it's all stuff I've listened to before. But just like, yeah, listening stuff in the car is good. Use your phone. Tell the radio to go fuck itself. Be a, be a millennial. Um, be a millennial, bitch. <laughs> I, uh, I've been rewatching all of. Uh, JT Mitchell 87's videos. Uh, do you know that guy? No, he sounds vaguely familiar. He is one of the uh, ground floor, uh, like 2007 2008 Transformer toy reviewers on YouTube. Um, he's kind, he's a pretty heavy set guy. Uh, he's he's very goofy and he he makes a lot of self deprecating humor. He also does the uh, the not hands over the camera. It's kind of like his camera is pointed at a bookcase and he's sitting next to it. Um, but he does that style of review. And he was my favorite toy reviewer for quite a while um, until he like petered out. Um, and he's never fully recovered. He still does videos every once in a while, but it's more like just whenever he gets the spark or whatever. And he also had like a health scare recently. Um, but uh, he, I, I, I got kind of like a little nostalgic ping for him recently, and I was like, I'm going to go back and rewatch some of his stuff. And it's like, oh, all of this, I haven't seen in forever. And I remember really enjoying it, even though I didn't have a, an interest in a lot of the stuff he talked about. Like, he has a lot of Beast Wars reviews. There's like maybe five Beast Wars figures I'm actually interested in ever getting. Like, I, I don't begrudge anyone for being into the Beast era. It's just not for me. Um, but I, I love his Beast Wars reviews just because he, he he tends to talk more about the character and the lore uh, than anyone else. Like, he'll, he'll give a bio on what role the character, the figure he's reviewing, plays in the story and like where they've appeared and whatnot if it's if it's like a super minor character 
before he actually gets into the figure. Like, uh, I'm coming up on his reviews of all the Blackest Night DC Direct figures. He did them wave by wave. And I remember really enjoying those because I never read any Jeff Johns Green Lantern at the time, but hearing him talk about how Green Lantern worked and where all these characters came from, it was really interesting to me. And I'm, and that I, I have read quite a, not a whole lot of Green Lantern, but a, a bit of Green Lantern. I'm interested to see if it still has that effect. If it still makes me go like, yeah, Green Lantern is cool. I should read some Green Lantern eventually. Um, so kind of like the opposite of you who just goes like, they're blue and they look cool. Yeah. Um, which which is probably why I got so into Few, and I still do. Well, Few's my probably my favorite YouTuber right now. Uh, but uh, it's it's just such an opposite thing that it's it's like, yeah, toys are good just because they're toys and they do cool, fun stuff. Um, rather than I like this character, so I bought the figure. Like like he the, he. I think he had he reviewed every figure of the animated cast, and again, animated is one of those things where I don't dislike it, but it's not super my thing. Um, I know the figure's bad, but I still want the Weird Al figure from that show. Yeah, and and he even said in one video, like I watched a Q and A video he did today, and he was talking about like. Uh, yeah, animated is one of those things where I will buy at least one figure of every character because I think it's a fantastic show and I want to have the whole cast. And I'm like, I respect that. I don't think I do that with pretty much anything except like one or two shows. Like I have considered trying to hunt down all the Gokaiger figure arts once or twice, but then I remember I'm not a huge fan of figure arts and I remember how much that shit costs. Yep. <laughs> um... And then uh, I, there was a super good deal on all the Garo Blu-rays recently, uh, so I just jumped on it and I bought all of them because for those of you who don't know, uh, they typically go for like twenty to thirty dollars a piece. Um, and a website called Right Stuff Anime was just doing like a warehouse clearing sale recently, and so they had every DVD discounted down to. Four to six dollars a pop. So I got every every uh I keep saying DVD, but it's Blu-rays. I got every Blu-ray released so far for fifty dollars. Real good deal. Um nice. so I rewatched just a bunch of random episodes from the first series, uh, just to see what the quality was like. And it's pretty good. Uh there's there's no stretching or cropping. Um, the video quality is definitely way better than what you or I have seen. You watch the, the sub that's on Kiss Asian, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a lot better video quality than that. Uh, like you can, you can kind of see, um, like it's not super detailed, but you can see like when the actors are wearing makeup more clearly. Uh, there's in in most fight scenes, you can actually see a little bit of sweat on Koga's face, which I never noticed before. Um, and uh, the the sub they do is pretty good. Uh, like it fixes, it doesn't fix, but it helps a lot of lines that are just kind of vague. Like they they sort of flesh out the line a little bit more, make it easier to understand. 
Um, and they do it in kind of a flowery way that works with the fact that it's meant to be a classical nice tale, except for one instance where I remembered him doing it with a cowrie line. And I thought that was super weird because she's supposed to be super modern day, fresh out of college girl. Why is she talking like a ancient night person in this line? Um, but, uh, for the most part, it's pretty good. Uh, I would recommend the Blu-rays for the original series. I have not watched the other ones yet, um, and I, I will probably get to them sometime in the next couple weeks just because that's all stuff I haven't seen before, and now I physically own it, so it probably should go right to the top of my two-watch list. Um, and then I read the first few issues of Prez. Uh, Chris, do you know what Prez is? No. What is it? It is... A weird-ass 70s comic from DC that they recently reprinted in trade, and I got the trade at a discount, and I've been meaning to read it for a little bit. Um, the premise is basically that it's, what if teenagers were allowed to vote and could run for office? Um, here's an 18-year-old white kid as the first teenage president of the United States, and it's it comes off as this really weird attempt of DC trying to appeal to the counterculture movement, or it's a product of the counterculture movement from within DC. I can't tell which because there's just some weird ass shit in this man. Like his, the head of the FBI in this is a full on like, um, uh, Oh God, what's the term? It's like a full, um, classical garb um native american is his head of the fbi that he appoints and the comic starts off with uh Pre that's actually the character's first name is prez um being manipulated by this evil corporate tycoon called mr smiley who's just a a flesh-toned smiley face for a head and he's like we're gonna we're gonna get this kid to be the first teenage president of the united states so it'll be a super easy win and he'll be a nice big puppet for us to do all our corporate scheming and shit. And it goes pretty much according to plan until um, a dam bursts near where Prez lives. And the guy who's um, named... what What is the fucking um, Native American's name? Let me see if I can find it real quick. Because his name is really hilarious. And just how on the nose with that gimmick it is. We're just we're gonna pause until I can find this because I can't not say it. His fucking name is Eagle Free. Oh God. Yeah, and Prez follows him after he saves a group of animals from a dam bursting, and he's like, "Whoa, you're super, you're super cool, and you care about nature and the environment and shit, man. We should work together." And he's like, "You work for evil men." I will teach you the way of the forest and the way of the spirit, and you will become a kind-hearted man, and you will lead this nation to great things. And then there's, like, a training montage, and then we just cut to him being like, yeah, fuck you, Mr. Smiley, I'm gonna be my own man. And he's like, yeah, well, we'll destroy your campaign from the inside out, kid. And then it's like, actually, you're too late, Mr. Smiley, it's election day. And he just wins the election. We don't explain how his campaign worked at all, he just wins the election and the last page is him taking office and being like, 
ooh, who's the vice president going to be? And then the vice president is his mom. It's, hmm. it's that level of just like weird out of left field kooky shit. And it's written by Joe Simon. So part of me likes to think that he was given this assignment and he's just taking the piss, having fun. Um, and uh, I'm not finished with it yet. I'm halfway through the fourth issue. And then uh, I, it's either four or five issues. It's a super short series. And then there's a ton of tie-in issues that are also collected in this trade. So, like, it's not... I wouldn't call it good, but it's one of those oddities that it's just, like, it's really cool that they reprinted this. And if you want to read some weird um, trying-to-appeal-to-counterculture shit from back in the day, you should check this out. Neat. This sounds, it sounds weird, but nowhere near my alley. Mm-hmm. Also, apparently they um, they did a reboot series recently as part of the Young Animal line with a female Prez character, and I kind of want to check that out to see if it's like a serious girl power thing or if it's playing into how weird and out there this comic was. I wouldn't doubt both. Yeah. Um... And then uh, I got some I got some new toys. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think I'll just go uh, oldest to newest. So I finally caved and started buying Star Trek toys again. I used to have some Star Trek toys as a kid. I got rid of them all uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, you know, I just again, kind of like with JT Mitchell eighty seven, I just recently felt that little nostalgic pang of like, you know. I really enjoyed watching TNG's era Star Trek reruns as a kid. I kind of want some TNG era Star Trek merch. I might rewatch some episodes of TNG era Star Trek if I get a minute. Um, so I happen to be lucky enough to come across a Playmates Enterprise E uh, at the uh, the toy store I've been frequenting recently. I think it's the Insurrection version, but I can't be sure because I got it sans decals and uh also the captain's yacht this version is supposed to come with um but uh yeah it's it's really it's a really neat little little uh thing and it makes uh sounds of like photon torpedoes firing and going to warp and stuff like that and also it's a it's a represent physical representation of my favorite enterprise design so that's nice to have um real quick what's your favorite version of the enterprise chris um, the one that looks like a disc. That, uh, I think that's the Enterprise D. You're I mean, they're that. all disc-like. Here's the thing. I never really watched Star Trek. Really? Yeah, nah. You strike me as a guy who would have been a casual Star Trek fan. Nah, also, he's a Star Wars dude. Hmm. See, I had... See, at different periods in my life, I've been into one or the other. I've never been into both at the same time, but I've always had, like, periods of being like, I'm in a Star Trek mood, I'm in a Star Wars mood. Uh, See, I I always flipped between Star Wars and Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) You you would, yeah. That makes sense. No, no, legit, seriously, one summer... All I watched was Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2 on repeat. I watched one, then watched the other, rewind them both, and start again. 
You have told me this before, and I still find that hilarious. Hilarious in a good way, but hilarious. Come on, Ghostbusting makes me feel good. You you sure do. You do some busting, don't you? Busting, 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 busting. <clears throat> Is that in Mouth Moods? Uh, it's in the third one. Yeah. Okay. Because I've seen that, I've seen the music video, um, so I I know about that. That's probably the one thing off of Mouth Moods I know about going in. Um, but anyways, getting back to my stuff, uh, I picked up uh, Transformers 2007 Movie Stockade, because people have always told me that figure is great, and I've never had any interest in it because it never appears in anything. It's pretty solid, though... Uh, I, it took a, a bit of warming up to because, good God, the ball joints on his shoulders were loose when I first put him in robot mode. I had to floor polish him like crazy. Uh, but otherwise, he's neat. And uh, then I picked up uh, Lightning Collection Beast Morphers Red Ranger, a.k.a. Uh, Devin Daniels, that their, that their video game boy who uh, we both like. Yeah. Mm. He's a he's pretty neat. Um, I'm a little annoyed that I think I want to believe I just got a factory error because mine came with two uh, left fists instead of a left and a right replacement hand. So he's kind of stuck always having the same right hand. Uh, but it's fine because it's kind of just open splayed. You can make it look like it's calm or like he's doing an action thing. Um, uh, articulation is a bit awkward just because of the nature of the Go Busters suits, uh, but it's, it's still good enough that you can get him in most any pose you want, um, and, uh, I think the civilian head looks really good. I'm a little bummed he doesn't come with the, the camera gun. He comes with the binocular sword and the beast cheetah blaster, I think it is, the, the one he uses in the Megazord cockpit in Beast Morphers. He comes with that thing. Yeah, the cheetah gun. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's no camera gun, which... On the one hand, I can understand why they did that. The, the cheetah gun is kind of Hasbro's creation. They're trying to push that pretty hard. And also, like I think the camera gun only, appeal, only appears like once or twice in Beast Morphers. But also... Like if you're gonna do binocular sword, you gotta give us you gotta give us camera gun, or maybe it, or at least give us the combined version of both of them. The, the yeah. can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty solid little figure, and uh, you know, I I'm kind of starting to think I might go completionist on lightning collection because I've Ooh. like people tell me this is one of this is like. This and one other one, I can't remember which one it is, people say, but this and one other one are tied for worst figure of the line so far. And honestly, after messing with this thing, I'm like, if this is how bad this thing gets, I think I might just pull a Shardimus Prime Marvel Legends with the Lightning Collection because I'm really enjoying these. They're like the only collector figure line that's going on right now that I enjoy, so... There's a toy show that's happening not this weekend, but next weekend. And I'm thinking if if I if I can afford it and I can find booths that have them, I might just make it a, a little side quest of mine at that convention to catch up on all the Lightning Collection releases. Because 
so far they have not released a thing I do not I do not want on some level. Like I'll be honest, when they do Overdrive and Mystic Force, those characters are going to be a hard sell. But otherwise, pretty much every other suit, I could say, like, yeah, I get that. Just just watch Bo Kinger and imagine it's them. Yeah, and and put those civilian heads in a Ziploc baggie and pretend they don't exist. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Mystic Force, I, I, I love, I like Mystic Force. Um... Mystic Force is not bad, critically speaking. It's just not for me. Um, like I, I was never, I was never able to get into it. Yeah, no, it's understandable. I'm just saying, I dig it. Mm-hmm. And but of course, I'm one of the, I'm one of the weirdos whose favorite season is Jungle Fury. Oh, I, I enjoy a good bit of Jungle Fury. I don't like. I understand the criticism people have of that season, but I honestly enjoy pretty much everything about Jungle Fury. Like, people tell me, don't blow that dough is one of the worst episodes of all time. I'm like, don't blow that dough is hilarious. I fucking love don't blow that dough. You don't you don't fucking besmirch don't blow that dough in my house. Also, the Spirit Rangers are kind of the best American original Rangers. I like them just a tiny bit more than Titanium Ranger, and I know I'm going to get flack just for saying that. Ooh. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, I know somebody's going to say, like, but you're the guy who is known for hating Megaforce. Would you buy Lightning Collections figures of the Megaforce Rangers? I might not buy the Go Sager suits. I definitely buy the Go Kaiju suits, and I probably buy Robo Knight. So there's that. Uh,. But that is everything I did this week. Like I said, pretty sparse week, so I tried to tried to buff it up a little bit by just talking unprompted in a few spots. Um, but that brings us to the end of our program. So, Chris, why don't you tell people who you are and where they can do your stuff that they do? All right. Point Your Rider is a hot new radical stuff that you can find right on YouTube. Anime, tokusatsu, comics, movies, if it exists and I like it, well, um, I'll, I'll talk about it. A journey into culture through a world where certain things haven't changed since the 1990s. And corporations are even more overt with how much they control our lives. AIs are smarmy assholes and companies don't care how much you shit on them for so long that they can make a buck. The future is a lot less bright than you thought, so tune in and drop out. Your life's not your own. So why bother? Engage with the content by subscribing on YouTube, following on Twitter and Instagram, and join the Discord server so much. Show how much you hashtag love Boingo Rider. Watch. Or else. Alright. I am the Vacuuminator. I'm a YouTube toy review boy who's uh, not for little boys and girls, uh, according to YouTube's new uh, terms and conditions. <laughs> I, have to, I have to go out of my way to state that I am an adult, and I say adult things. My content is not suitable for children. Penis, 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 vagina, toys. vagina, you vagina. Don't... Fuck, fuck, shit, shit. Ass, ass. They don't review toys. You review adult collectibles. Yes. And stuff. I talk about things and stuff and adult collectibles. And uh, I I do enjoy a little bit of them swear words. Uh, in, insert a clip of Chris Jericho saying a little bit of the whatever swear words he has said in the past. Um. 
You can find my stuff at youtube.com slash the vacuuminator. I have social media. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the vacuuminator to keep up to date with what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. Uh, but most importantly, you should keep up with Modular Media because it's the channel this podcast is on. Go ahead and subscribe, ring that bell, like, comment, do all that good YouTube stuff. If you want to listen to the show on the go, go ahead and download an MP3 from our Google Drive folder, which is located in the video description. You can follow us on Twitter for updates on the podcast and uh, postings of when it goes up. That's at the Modular Media. And you can subscribe to our subreddit for very similar kind of stuff. That is r slash modular media. And that's going to do it for this episode of Analytical Fanboys. I hope you all enjoyed it, and I hope you will join us again next time when we will be discussing Redline.